So I've been accused of using the same phrases over and over whenever I tell stories. And one of those phrases is, I'll never forget. And so on this week's episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, Heather and I are going to look back on our marriage crisis story from 10 years ago, and we're going to each pull out a few moments of things that we will never forget. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Rusty. And I'm Heather. And we're the Bryants, and this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are here to encourage healthy marriages, strengthen wounded marriages, and begin the process of restoration to broken marriages. We aren't licensed counselors, but we are a redeemed couple that loves the Lord and wants to help you journey through this messy, challenging, and fun part of life called marriage. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are on season two, week number seven, I believe this is. And so we have been talking for the last seven weeks about our marriage crisis from 10 years ago. I almost said seven years ago because I'm just talking about seven. Ten years ago. Um, And for those of you who may just now be joining us for the first time and don't know our story... Um, Ten years ago, in August of 2011, Heather confessed to being uh, unfaithful in our marriage. And so the last several weeks, we've just been really diving into our story, unpacking some things, just uh, lessons that we learned, things that we think we could pass along to other marriages to help them. And so uh, we're back for another episode. And this episode, we are entitling, what are we entitling it? You come up with the titles. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll never forget. I'll never. Forget. I'll never forget. And 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 the reason for that, you know, I kind of took it from, uh, you know, last week we talked about forgiveness. We started throwing that the book that we mm-hmm. recommended, um, forgiving what I'll never, never forget. forget, forgiving That's what right. you'll never forget. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, that is one of the um, myths about forgiveness is that you're supposed to forgive and forget. Well, we can't. We just That's can't. Right. And so when we look back on our story, there are definitely things that we will never forget. So we're just going to kind of take turns sure. telling two or three things from our story that we just will never forget. And and we're going to do our best to not just tell the narrative of that part of the story, but then really tell, you know, kind of what we learned from that. And so I have to do it kind of fast in order to squeeze it all in. So, hey, I'm going to let you go first. Go. (laughs) Ready? Go. Go. You go. That's not nice. Don't put me on the clock. Um, You know, when you told me to think about the things that I'll never forget um, about our story, honestly, some really hard things came to mind, but some really good things came to mind too. Um, My first one happens to be one of the hard ones. Um, I will just never forget um, having to confess to you um, that I'd been unfaithful. It was just something that I never imagined that words that would come out of my mouth, words that I would have to say, um, how the ripple effect of those words were something that I never imagined. Um, just the, um, the moments after that, the look on your face, the, um, now what's, um, all of those things, really the enemy can use 
a lot in my life um, because when I think back on the God-sized miracles um, that have happened in our marriage and in our relationship and our family, um, that's one of the things that um, that haunts me really mm-hmm. is looking back on that that moment and I remember what I was doing, how I was sitting, what I was wearing, all of the things about um, that moment. And, and I wouldn't, you know, we say a lot on to other people. I don't know if we've ever said it on our podcast, but we have said to other people often that we would never go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. We don't want to go back and do it again, but we wouldn't change where we are for anything in the world. And when, and I have to remind myself of that um, because I don't want to go back to that moment for anything in the world, but I wouldn't change how far we've come from mm-hmm. that moment right. either. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, the confession night is one that I, that I'll never forget either. Um, but when I look back on that, and just to kind of share, I guess, from my perspective on that particular part of the narrative, you know, it's it is one that haunts me still. But now looking back from this side, we had a whole podcast episode on this a few weeks ago because. It none of the redemption, none of the restoration, none of the reconciliation could have happened without that confession. That's right. And so, you know, we talked about this, so we're not gonna we're not gonna go back into it over and over, but things have to be brought into the light. Yeah. And there can't be secrets. And in order to to start that process, there has to be um, the confession. Yeah. So I'm gonna jump in and I'm gonna go way back. I'm actually gonna go back to before uh, it, it all started. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, you know, I'm, I'm one of those that I did try to connect the dots a lot because that's just natural for, you know, when you told me what you told me, you know, trying to piece together things and going back and looking and saying, Hmm, well now that seems really strange. And, and so even like the timeline of things, like those are things that just haunted me for days and days and weeks probably, and maybe even years. But, Um, so I don't know that I have, and I kind of, you know, I learned to stop doing that or it was just going to, it would kill me and consume me. But, um, there was one particular incident that happened, which I believe it happened before everything started. Um, but I was out of town and you, uh, I couldn't get in touch with you and it was sort of late at night. I mean, it, it was night and I couldn't get in touch with you. And when I finally, and I, and I sort of panicked and it was a little bit of a paranoia, you know, and, and just, and, but then when I finally got in touch with you, I realized that you were in kind of an uncomfortable situation and really a compromising situation. And it was something that you knew better than to be in that situation. And the person that you were with knew better than to be in that situation. And I called you out on it mm-hmm. and you sort of, um, you know, convinced me or tried to convince me. I don't think you really did, but you sort of gave me the whole, no, it's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's okay. And I, and I, I, I don't know how hard I really came down on you about it. I think I just sort of, you know, said this was stupid and, you know, but what I think that that did was that was, I do believe that that was the Holy Spirit 
given me some prompts to, hey, you need to address something. And I don't think that I would have addressed something just completely out of the blue. And so there had to have been some behavior patterns leading up to that that would, even though there's nothing, no, there's no, even, even when you confessed to me, I had no clue. Right. But looking back on it, when I actually, you know, called you out that night on that, now I'm like, well, there was a reason I called mm-hmm. you out because obviously there were some behavior patterns of something going on that I didn't feel right about. Right. And, you know, that night I think it it hurt in a lot of ways because it got me to a point where then, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but as I started looking back and trying to put the pieces together, I kept finding other little pieces along the way where I was like, I knew it and I should have said something. Right. And I didn't because of that night. Like because you, you know, I didn't want to be the I didn't want to be the husband that was just accusing you mm-hmm. and was blaming you and you know being paranoid and mm-hmm. you know didn't trust you and all that. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, I just wish that I would have sat down and had a real conversation mm-hmm. with you. Do, do you think that would have helped though? I don't know. I mean, like when I was thinking, because we didn't share our three things Mm -hmm. before we started this. And so I was, you know, kind of thinking about it as you were telling it and remembering that. And I think I was convincing myself just as much as I was you, you know, I was like, there's literally, this is not, you know, nothing inappropriate was happening. It was an inappropriate situation that I was in, but nothing at that time was happening. Mm -hmm. And so I was convincing myself I was fine too. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you think that I could have handled that differently? Because I'm just thinking about the, I'm thinking about the couple out there that's listening and one of the spouses is like, hmm, you know, I've got this weird feeling too and I don't know how to approach, you know. Well, and I think just the automatic response is defense, you know, like, even if what you were saying was true um, and you were trying to point that out to me, defensiveness mm-hmm. comes in to where, no, I'm not. Because you, you I didn't want to think of myself as someone who could do that, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so I, I genuinely at that moment thought nothing will ever happen. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I think that you sit down and you have a conversation because that's what heart talks are all about. You get to share that how something makes you feel. And maybe I would have responded in a way that I don't, I don't know that I was spiritually mature enough to respond. Well, Mm -hmm. um, I think that at this point, obviously I would say, well, let me try everything I can not to make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. But I think at that time in my life, I would have just said, you you know, that you're, you're making that up. It, nothing would ever happen, you know, that type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, the, the encouragement that I would have to, to people is just to, you know, watch, watch for those warning signs. Mm -hmm. And like for the person, you know, that would be in your shoes, you know, those, like we talked about in the first two episodes of this season, just Mm -hmm. be really mindful of the lies of the enemy. That's right. And especially if you're at a point where you're trying to be, when, if you're having to be defensive about something, Mm -hmm. then, then there's some issues. That's right. And that's when you need to have, you need to have a conversation. Okay. I'm going to tell my second one. Okay. And then you tell your second one. Actually, no, you go. Are you sure? Yeah, go. Okay. All right. Well, I'm jumping forward. Okay. Then. 
um, to after confession. And after we had actually been um, working, mm, no, it was probably within the first week um, because it was before my third time, my third point. Um, But we went um, to sit in a church that we had been in for ever. Both of us had been in forever. And I was so, I mean, of course, everybody knew. It was all people were talking about, very public. And um, you had some responsibilities that you were doing. Um, The people I normally sat with, um, family, close friends, they all had some type of responsibility or just didn't feel comfortable sitting with me. Yep. They didn't want to be seen with you. They did not want to be seen with me. Not my family. Right. Not my family. My family was amazing. All of them. Um, but just some friends that, you know, just distanced themselves. And I literally was sitting alone. Um, I was, you know, it was, it was probably one of the hardest moments when I look back, um, at our story, because I know now that, a church should be a safe place to be when you're hurting. And um, and I just felt very, very alone, um, very, and, I, you know, I, I think about the person who feels very alone in a church setting, even if people are around them. Mm-hmm. Like there are people out there who are walking through something or, or have done something in their past, and they just feel very alone um, in that environment. And I will never, ever, ever forget, um, we were standing up, um, singing, I was sobbing, I mean, not out loud, but tears were rolling and I just was standing there alone and a girl that I was not friends with, just an acquaintance, um, but I've come to know as a godly, godly woman, got up out of her seat on the floor Like, I was kind of up in the balcony a few rows. Got up out of her seat, walked in front of one section all the way across, walked up the stairs, stood beside me, and put her arm around me. Mm. Yep. Like, that is literally the hands and feet of Jesus. Yep. She did not care what people thought. Mm. She did not care... That we weren't friends before. Mm-hmm. She didn't care if people were judging her or thinking differently of her. She knew that's what Jesus would do. Mm. That I, he would not allow me to stand alone. Yep. And it was just powerful. It changed the trajectory of what I wanted to be as a Christian woman mm-hmm. and a godly woman. It I felt like until that moment, I had a mask on that always said everything's fine. I'm fine. Here is a picture of a perfect family. And all of that had just been literally destroyed mm. in the eyes of the world. And and I, at that moment, felt comfortable in saying I'm not okay. Yeah. It was, you know, and we we say on here a lot because our pastor says a lot that it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I wasn't okay. Yeah. I wasn't okay. And to have someone just give of themselves in a way 
that they said, God, whatever you're asking me to do, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And she felt prompted by the Holy Spirit and she loved me. She loved me well. And we were able to walk together. She was um, a, a dear friend after that. Yeah, that's a that's an awesome picture. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of different things that, that our listeners can learn from that. One is that, you know, if you are in a position in a place like Heather, you know, there needs to be that that point of brokenness where you're okay saying, I am not okay. That's right. And also, I mean, just to be able to find a church home or, you know, people that can, you know, come around you and love you, even in the midst of your of your sin That's and right. your brokenness. That's right. um, but then for those that are out there that are like, I don't have the, there are people all around you. And there's mm-hmm. people that are, you, that are sitting around you in church mm-hmm. that have these, and you just need to be listening to the Holy Spirit and be willing to be the hands and feet of Jesus, That's like, right. like you said. That's right. And you and, never know what that, I mean, look, we're having a conversation and a podcast that literally is helping lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows where this would be without just that act. That's right, that one act. Mm-hmm. That's right, because it gave me hope yep. in the people yep. that call themselves Christians and love well. And, you know, you you said you to be open because you never know who God might call you to be the hands and feet of Jesus too. But then also to the person who's listening to this that sits in church every single Sunday and feels alone because nobody knows their story. There are people who want to hear it. Yeah. There are people right. who want, who, who are eager to love you through whatever yeah. it is. And we have more stories like that, Absolutely. that, you know, or stories for another time because we're getting, we're going to run out of time here. So I'm going to tell my second one and I'm going to kind of share fast because, okay. um, I can see the clock over here. So I know how much time we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my other one was, uh, it was almost exactly one week after, um, you had confessed to me and I was going through this crazy range of emotions, you know, um, basically the whole grief cycle where I was, you know, the denial, then the anger, then the sadness, and then back again. And it was starting to get to a point, like we said uh, last week when we talked about forgiveness, you can get to a point of depression and bitterness. And I had found myself for the first time in my life, I think, really feeling depression and my college roommate from uh, from college had come down, driven down a couple of hours to come and see me and spend some time with me. And I mean, I remember us going to lunch, and I literally couldn't get. We were at just a little fast food restaurant. I couldn't get my head off the off the table. Um, I literally could not pick my head up. And then when I came home that afternoon, I got in the bed and I could not get out of the bed. And you were at home, but we were still trying to juggle. We had two, you know, two boys that we were still trying to get places and take them places. And and I remember it being, you know, early in the evening, and I, I just couldn't get out of bed. And there was this just darkness in in our bedroom. Like, I felt it like I've never felt darkness before. And you came in to talk to me at some point, and I don't even remember what you said, but I was so angry with you, and I was so angry with what you were saying to me. And I remember saying, would you please turn around so that I can talk to Heather? Because I felt like I was talking to somebody that wasn't you. Like, it was—and it, then, 
you know, the night went on, and I can remember waking up two or three times during the night in a like a cold sweat, just like literally feeling darkness in the room. And I say all that because there was a massive spiritual battle going on for our marriage. And, you know, it obviously started when you were believing the lies of the enemy and then going on through everything that happened. But then even after the confession, like uh, Satan did not want there to be any type of reconciliation Mm -hmm. or redemption. And, you know, I, I learned from all of that, too. Yes, you had choices, and you could have made choices that were not the ones that you made. So those were those certainly were your fault. But I also learned in that that there was an enemy much greater than you, and Satan was out to destroy our marriage, and I felt it. I felt the spiritual warfare, and I'm telling you, Satan is after all of our marriages, okay. and so we have to be on guard yeah. at all times. Okay, we got to roll through these 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 next two. You you go, you go, go. <laughs> one two three, go. You're rushing me. No. Well, the third one for me is the point, literally the point where I believe for the first time in my life I fell in love with Jesus. Um, it was one week after everything had come out. Um, I had been in such a place of worldly sorrow, of just worried about my reputation, about what I did to our family, about what people thought, you know, all of the things. And I was at a friend's house, um, a godly, godly woman. My mentor was there, Penny was there, and then also, um, well, your roommate's wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> dear, a, yep. another dear friend, um, had come from Oxford um, just to um, spend the day and one night, I believe, um, with us there. And those three ladies were just pouring into me and telling me how much how much I was loved, how much um, that I was still a daughter of the king no matter what I had done, just speaking life and truth um, over me. And on that day, God showed me who I was without him. And I was broken. I was absolutely broken um, for the first time. I, it's so weird that you were literally just talking about not being able to pick your head up. That is how I felt. Like Mm -hmm. the weight of my sin was so big and I had, I I was sitting on a sofa that was kind of low to the ground and I'd just gotten to my knees and I mean, fell just on my face and I could not lift my head up. And, and it was like the weight of my sin was on me and could not, could not move. And Penny, this is the moment I'll never forget. Penny reached over and put her hand on me and she said, God, please do not let her see her sin without catching a glimpse of her savior. Mm. And I'm telling you, I caught a glimpse of who he was and I caught a glimpse of who he could um, make me into some someone better, into someone that looked more like him than what I was. So I saw who I was without him and then caught a glimpse of who 
um, I could be with him. And I literally fell in love with him that day. And I knew that no matter what we faced, no matter the hard times, the, um, the times that I knew would be ahead, like having to tell this to our children. And I mean, just all of the things that the ripple effect of what I had done, I knew that I could face it Mm. because he loved me and I had fallen in love with him. And it was just a moment in time that it wasn't, you know, like when you say, um, I turned and went this way. It was literally a 180 degree turn of I am turning my back on what I was mm-hmm. and I'm running after Jesus with everything that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that for me was um, just a life changing moment that I will never forget. It's a marker yeah. for sure. Well, that's um, pretty incredible that you chose that as your third one because that was actually my third one as well. Um, So I have a different perspective of the whole story. Um, So everybody gets to hear both sides of this one. Uh, but the, in mine, actually, I'm going to back up to the night before, cause you mentioned my roommate's wife driving down. She came down the night before, uh, to spend some time with you. And mm-hmm. she, she came and hung out with you at the house and I left and actually, um, both of the boys had soccer practice and stuff. I went out to the soccer field and, uh, she on her way to where she was staying, she stopped, Uh, by the soccer field just to see me Mm -hmm. and I remember she came and she gave me a big hug and then she looked at me and she said don't believe anything she says and I just remember my I was crushed because you had obviously confessed to me a few days before you know we still you know there was lots of anger lots of hurt all that but she you know for her to say that to me I was like okay we there's 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 a long way to go here. And so the next day I had gone to eat lunch with my mentor, the one that I had chosen to, or God chose to walk Mm -hmm. with me. And we were eating lunch and and we finished lunch and we were walking out of the restaurant and my phone rang and it was your mentor. Mm -hmm. And I knew you were with her. Mm -hmm. And she said, you need to get over here right now. And I just remember saying, Penny, I can't take any more. I said, if you have more bad news, I said, I just don't want to hear it. And she said, no. She said, you need to get over here. This this is good news. And so I was about 30 minutes away. I drove to the house where you were with, your, with these three friends. And my roommate's wife that I had spoken to the night before came to the door first. And she opened the door and she grabbed my face and she said, you can trust her. And I was like, what in the world has Mm -hmm. just happened, you know? And so, um, so I walked in and they left us alone. And I remember sitting on the couch and, you know, going back to how I felt about two days earlier, when I literally thought I was speaking to somebody that was not my wife, that you looked physically like a different person sitting there. And, you cried and you apologized, and it was the first time that, for me, I saw that you had moved away from the worldly sorrow of, oh my gosh, I got caught, 
I can't believe I might have ruined my family, my marriage. I can't believe, you know, that I, um, you know, my fam, you know, I've messed up everything, people in the community, my reputation, all of that. And all of that was, was gone. And then it was, I'm genuinely sorry because I've sinned. And, you know, I knew even from that moment, there was still a long sure. way to go. Sure. But that was certainly the turning point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I know we've joked about it before, but and I've called that the exorcism mm-hmm. day. <laughs> but, um, but that's what it felt like, especially after what I dealt with, you know, about two, you know, two or three nights before. And then to just see somebody completely and totally different. So, man, that was... Um, Hard and fun all at the same hard. time that we just tears and chills and all yeah. the things. Well, because we didn't really know what each mm-hmm. one, what each other were going to share about. But man, to have the same story though mm-hmm. to end things, and I think that that's just the perfect way to end this episode. To just be able to say, you know, God is still in the business of changing lives, yep. healing people, healing marriages. And, you know, it, it all, I mean, there can be 180 degree turns and, you know, it's just a, I mean, what, I mean, we just painted some pretty awesome pictures for people just to see hope. And like, that's what we've said from the very beginning of this, of this podcast and our marriage ministry is if it helps one, one couple, um, then it's all worth it. So, um, we just want to say thank you for listening I know we say this like on social media and we say it at the end of our podcast, but like following and uh, rating and reviewing, we don't say that because we need that to be pumped up for what we're doing. Um, It is encouraging. Sure. But what it actually does, we're learning more and more. It helps more people to, to see our message and to see our podcast because it, it climbs up in the, in the search engines and the rankings and stuff like that. And like, that's a big deal to us because it's just more people that are, that are getting to, to hear our message of hope. And so we want to just encourage you as we end this uh, episode, just to do that um, and help us out uh, by just following us on whatever platform you're listening to this. Make sure that you rate us and make sure that you leave a review if you can. And also, man, we have had so We've had just a lot of, um, I don't want to say fun, but uh, because answering some of these tough yeah, questions that people tough. give, they're tough, but man, what a blessing it is to yeah. us to mm-hmm. be able to respond to people that are reaching out to us that have um, questions or needs. And um, like we really do, we read every single one of them and we respond to every single one of them. And sometimes we're sitting in the bed late at night, passing mm-hmm. the laptop back and forth. <laughs> You uh, answer this one. <laughs> yeah, but it's but it really is a blessing to us. And so if we can help in any way, we want to be there for you to do that. So um, today, as you uh, sign off from this podcast, uh, we just want you to know that your marriage is important. It's important to God. And no matter where you are um, in your marriage and your marriage journey, uh, it can be a redeemed marriage. Yeah. Uh, do we have time for me to pray? Yeah, do it. Okay. God, I just thank you so much for this time that we have had together with um, each other and then the time that we've had with these listeners. God, I just know that there are people who are listening, who are hurting, um, who are scared, 
who can't see um, the hope that we keep describing. And God, I pray that you will show that to them. I pray that you will um, show your face, that you will show your mercy, that you will show your grace, and that you will break um, some of the habits and the hurts and the pains um, that are that are um, being had right now. God, I just pray that um, you will break them as you broke me. Um, it was the most painful experience, but one of the um, most amazing um, experience of my life. And so I just pray for um, strength and courage. I pray for um, these listeners as they go throughout the rest of their day, that they will be encouraged, that they will see you. And as they remember and think back to our story, that they will see a story um, of you, a story of grace, a story of hope, and a story of redemption. God, it is in your precious and powerful and mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Yes. And we will be back with you next week. See you then.